Welcome back to Concrete Pastures. I'm Nancy Mulemwasisi. As always, I am thrilled to be here with you guys. On today's episode, it's a two-part conversation. I cannot wait to dive into it. Um, for anybody who's new, welcome to the family. This is your space. This is a platform for your fellow immigrants, your fellow dreamers. We inspire each other through our stories. We also give insight on what it's like to be an immigrant anywhere in the world. And if you'd like to inspire somebody out there, please feel free to reach out to me on concretepastures.com. Thank you so much to all of you guys that continue to tune in and support the podcast. I appreciate you. While you're listening, please rate the show. It matters and I would love to hear what you're thinking. If you like something, let me know. Write me a review. I want to hear from you. FMG Radio, thank you so much for giving us visibility on your platform. Please, let's continue to support FMGRadio.com. They are supporting independent podcasters like myself. Let's show them some love, please. On today's episode, Raphael Hari is a U.S. Navy veteran with disabilities, currently stay-at-home dad, certified husband, volunteer, a culture agent. He is a host and founder of White Label American Podcast. He was born and raised in Nigeria to an Ija family with some Ghanaian roots. He worked on three continents and he has been to four of them. Welcome my brother, Raphael. Hi, Raphael. Hey, Nancy. How, How are you, you? I am good. Uh, my fellow New Yorker here. <laughs> for, for the audience's sake, Raphael is a trooper and he is on today sick. <laughs> ah. I couldn't miss this opportunity to have a conversation with him. But it, it, no, 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 this is just on weird. Come on. I, I, I don't even know. I, I, I guess you can call it sick. This is one of those weird ones that... I don't even know if I call it... I, I can't officially call it sick, but I know it's just this weird cough yeah. slash throat issue that the day it started, <laughs> I couldn't talk. And then it's been getting better, and then, but it's just I hate the way my voice sounds right now because it does not usually sound like this. And yeah. my daughter keeps laughing at me like... Uh, well, your truth is still ouchy. Um, like, yeah, it, it, it is. So, because she, she wants me to crack jokes, and I'm like, probably it's the amount of jokes that I've been cracking that got me to this situation. And when you're a funny person, you still can't, <laughs> you can't take a break from cracking jokes. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. So, Raphael, I know you're from Nigeria. I wanted to just take the audience back to what it was like for you in Nigeria. Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm Nigerian born. Uh, like I like to say, I'm, I'm from the territory, uh, the former British territory known as Nigeria. I'm a proud Niger Delta because I don't believe in the One Nigeria Project. 
yeah, there are people who are who proudly identify as Nigerians, but I'm not one of them. It's a complicated thing for some, but I'm I'm not uh, one of those. But I I believe in the people who are Nigerians that live in the whole place because I've been around most of the country. I was born in the beautiful city of Jos. Well, it used to be beautiful back then, and I still hope that it is. But due to the current climate in the country, which is unfortunate, it's not what it was. Well, most of the natural beauty is still there, but it's politically charged right now. We have. Um, inter-religious um, clashes, we have inter-tribal clashes, and climate change is responsible for some of it, but which people don't like to admit. We have, uh, obviously, we have some people, uh, some people with political power taking advantage of the fighting to instigate more fighting. So people who have lived together for probably thousands of years and now seeing each other as enemies with social mm. media, misinformation and all that. But uh, when I was a kid, born in that part of the country, yeah, it was, uh, all I remember was peace. Good times, there was hail, nice. a lot of hail. So for me, I never knew that was hail because uh, all I was just wondering was why there was ice falling, ice blocks falling from the sky and you oh, take wow. a bowl outside and go pick the ice. I don't think that was healthy, but you know, so I'm running outside to grab ice from the sky. And, you know, I have memories of picking up ice into the, the bowls and then you go lick it, thinking like, oh, this is great, you know. Wow. And I don't know how healthy that was, but hey, I'm still here, you know, to survive. But the funny thing is that if I were to go back now and say I want to run for office, I can't win because I'm not from that area, the way Nigeria works. It's, uh, I'm from uh, a totally different region. I'm from the south, south, much closer to the coast. Mm. Um, you're, you are from where your family is from, not from where you are born. So, although I was born in, wait, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, if you're born in New York, and yeah, you're not from New York, from um, your family is from I'd Louisiana, Ch- Chicago, yeah, or, or Louisiana, or Louisiana, you're from Louisiana. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I, I was born in Joss, but my family is from Bayosa. Well, now Bayosa, then we were River State, but um, later on it will be carved up and a new state created, which is Bayosa, and predominantly Ijoz. Um, I'm from the Ijoz ethnic group, which some consider the fourth largest ethnic group in uh, Nigeria. Got it. And yeah, so I'm from there. Although most I've not, uh, I've only spent a few times in my area, mm-hmm. but I've mostly lived outside of where I'm from. But I've always identified with my people. Listen, I you also used to love the um, the ice when it fell. Yeah. It used to, to rain hell in my, in my country. I, I used to love the ice. It wasn't it wasn't a lot of the times, but the few times that it did, I was so curious and just like, oh my gosh, there's ice. And, uh, at the time, you, you already know my story now. I was yeah. living with my grandmother and with, my grandmother would have like the buckets outside also collecting water, which was great. When rainy season came, it was great for us to like, oh, we're not going to go and, you know, uh, fetch water, yeah. Fetch, to fetch water. So this way, just like, okay, we'll just put buckets and inside the house and outside the house. We're collecting water. What were you doing in Nigeria before you came to the U.S.? Oh, that, that's a loaded question. Oh, okay. 
I got to live in multiple cities around the country for various reasons. Being that my mom was a federal civil servant, I was raised by my mom. Well, my father never claimed me, so uh, if he had, my story would have been totally different because he was he's a mighty wealthy person before he passed away. So, yeah, I, I don't know if I'll be in front of you right now. Maybe I would have been a sports brat. But <laughs> so my, with my mom being a federal civil servant, she got to move around the country transferring because as a federal civil servant, you have to move. So I got to move with her. And um, by the time she would move to the States, she always had a green card since the 70s. And then she would decide to re- relocate to the United States in the uh, early 90s, around 94. 93, 94. No, 94. It was right after USA, uh, right in the middle of USA, 94. Shortly after that, I would move to Western Nigeria to go stay with my uncle, finish up uh, high school, mm-hmm. or senior secondary, as we call it. And then, then the, the hustling would begin. So I would, even though they had already filed papers for me, there were things that my, my mom is kind of strong-headed. So there were certain things which if they had, if she had listened or she wasn't like wanting to control everything, I probably could have gotten my visa the first time she had filed. But mm. it was just some mistake of everybody wanted to control the situation. So that's why I got denied. But by the time she was filing, I was already staying with my elder sister. I'd left my uncle who had brought me to Ibadan in the West. And I was, my elder sister had returned from South Africa. And I'm staying with my elder sister in Western Nigeria, in St. Ibadan. By then, my elder sister was into fabrics. Uh, she was a fashion designer and com- into confectionaries also. Nice. So I started running errands to go buy ingredients for confectionaries, uh, for baking and for uh, buying fabrics for materials. So everything mm. from making of brocades into Albada, everything, uh, suits. I was going to buy the materials and we had like the largest, one of the largest markets for selling off fabrics in West Africa was in Ibadan, oh. I think Aleshi Lawyer, which was, uh, that place is a harassment. You know, but I developed the skills of negotiating there, but you never knew that I was negotiating procurement, all that stuff, which would come yeah. up later on in life. But I never knew that was what I was doing because nobody tells you that's, that's, there was no language of that's what you're doing. But I'm, and I'm not getting paid for that, so you don't consider it a job. Mm-hmm. Just like you're staying with family, and this is what family says, you, go do this. And then, you know, and one day they're like, you're a boy, how can a boy don't know how to drive? You're like 16, 17 years old. I had you even want to talk to girls, so you don't know how to drive. Go meet this neighbor, I'll teach you how to drive, and you start driving, and within one week, you know how to drive, and you start taking the car, and you know, so you're taking the car, you run into the market, which is like the other side of the town, but on the largest city in West, uh, West Africa. So you're driving, you're buying, uh, procurement, doing procurement, purchasing, all that stuff. Was first job, and then I'll move to Potakot. Uh, move to Benisti, then um, Potakot. Oh, before that, I was doing, uh, I'd done rearing uh, of dogs. My uncle used to breed dogs. Uh-huh. So I took care of the dogs, training of the dogs. One time he wanted to, he added uh, poultry, got him like uh, he wanted to have chickens. 
So I helped take care of chickens. Like I, I didn't even forgotten about that. It, like it just popped into my head now that yes, I, I did chickens because we used to go gather sawdust. So we walk like almost three miles into a far place in the market in the evenings. We be hiding from the girls in your school so they don't know because they used to think I was like this bougie kid from another part of the country. So you wear rags because you can't look nice to go pick up yeah. sawdust. Yeah. Pick up sodas, raise chickens, and then I will now move to Potakot. When I go to Potakot, now I'm trying to show off, and Potakot boys love to show off a lot. Potakot is the area Bonner Boy is from. And actually, I'm, somebody, some boys have said he lived in our estate, where the estate I lived in. I never encountered him then, or maybe I did. I didn't know him as Bonner Boy. I don't know. I don't have any memories of that. Potakot, mm. I did, uh, I did, I helped move timber. Yeah, that was uh, the day I was like, man, I'm not cut out for this job. That, that's hell. That's too much work. I helped my aunt start an events management company. Was running the office, was out on the streets. So you were just all around hustling. Whatever he needed me to do, I was doing it. But event, I was uh, into accounts payable, receivable, hiring or firing people. But for the most part, I wasn't getting paid because I was working for a family. But I mean, that, that that's how it, it usually is back home. And then the day you finally say, can I get some money? And then I got fired. <laughs> that was uh, January 4th, 2000 and, <laughs> 2000 and, 2000 and, and, and four. Yeah. So uh, is, and, and I still have to get on this visa situation. No, I've been going, America. I've been going in between all this. I was going for my visa. I've been denied like three times already by then. Yeah. And so you're still, you know, trying to get, you know, survive, you're, you know, living on scraps. But, you know, you look nice. You always look nice because somebody's sending you dollars every now and then. Yeah. And the boys always find their way to hustle. And, you know, but the boys always be boys. We had a crew and they always had a way of, I always had a way of getting a car. <laughs> uh, my, my uncle, my, so my, my, I had some weird family members. So mm-hmm. they, they always had left their keys with me. They, they were they had government, they had appointments in our state. We lived in Portacourt, the next door state, which is our home state, Bielsa State. My uncle had his uh, he had an appointment with the state government. He claimed he didn't want people to know that he had two cars. So he will, he will, he won't take both cars. He, he, he didn't have his both cars at his house in the state. Mm. He, so he had both cars in Portacourt. Then he would, he would, he would take public transportation to the state to use government car, and he would leave the cars with me. And I'm like, why would I be just? I mean, call the boys. You bring money for gas, and we'll use the car. And then the guy would get mad when he hears that I'm driving around. We, you, you have women in his cars. I'm like, well, we, ah, this boy, you have don't have manners. You have respect. I'm like, man, you're not giving me money in the first place. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's how, um, you know, we're, we're moving around and uh, surviving. But, yeah, whatever opportunity came, we we tried to survive. Yeah. The, the, the funniest thing was that we still had a moral compass. Like, mm. I had the opportunity to get into, uh, what they, we call it 419. That's the Yahoo Boys. The guys who send emails, the Nigerian prince. And I know a lot of guys. I know a lot of my classmates from Benin City, where I, where I went, I attended junior secondary school. Mm. A lot of my mates were, ended up being that because they, they're much smarter than, uh, they're like the, some of the smartest people I know. One of them is even in Brooklyn. And that's why we don't talk to this day. 
they went that route. And there used to be like, I was one of the few guys who they knew was up to date on current affairs, international affairs. They didn't have people like that. So they always wanted me to be in their crew. And I was like, nah, I don't, I don't, I've seen you guys always running from the police and I can't do that. So no, but I'll be other, in other hustling. I even helped um, my cousin in Ibadan, who was a very big church guy, to carry illegal, um, our, like our version of moonshine. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we did that stuff. That knucklehead didn't pay me because he kept getting old money by, he was selling to um, sex but workers. But isn't that the way of business back home? Everybody just gets everything on credit. We call yeah, it credit. But, and it, there are some, there are some terrible people that I was working for. Some just exploited you because you were younger. Oh, yeah. You were the younger family member, so it was an exploitation. Like my uncle would say, I'm feeding you. So the, doc, <laughs> the doctor feeding, the doctor feeding, the doctor, um, you're sleeping under my roof. The doctor that. And then I, I bought, uh, did I buy you a nice shirt and, and trouser? Okay, I'll buy, uh, okay. the doctor all that. Uh, how much is left? Okay, I'll, I'll give you, when I come back from Lagos, I'll give you, um, I'll give you some money. The money will never come. I'll be like, okay. Okay, but all these things will add up later on in life because when I will now move to America and I am being exploited at work, I never knew how to speak up for myself. I didn't know how to challenge. And when people will be mad on my behalf, and people will be like, why don't you ever... When I see people angry for, mm. for me, I'll be like, why are you angry? I don't get it. I never understood that was ah. called workers' exploitation. And when you've come from an environment where people exploit you, usually people who are close to you were always exploiting you. Many of us don't like to talk about that because it's family. And then it's family members. So, you know, they love, it's not love. That's exploitation. That's not love. You mm. have created, they have, they have wired you to be used to exploitation. So when you now come into a professional environment and Praise uh, predators know already know how to. They are looking for a prey, and they can smell a prey. So once they see they see you and they smell you, they start preying on you. People will now think, oh, it's an African. Th- it's not an African thing. You are already you already ripe for being preyed upon, and we don't understand where that comes wow. from. But somebody no. has already programmed you to be ripe for being preyed upon. But it will take years for me to not let out. Run, come to you know. I'm going through therapy, and my therapist will ask me one day, like, it seems like you've been exploited a lot in your life. And I'm like, wait, what? You know, it's very interesting that you say you say it that way because a lot of us we work for our family members, and yeah. there is no like some form of payment or agreement of oh, I'm going to pay you this much. Because yes. and then the fact that you live in my house, like your uncle was saying, we can all deduct all of those things in there. But I get also where the, your uncle was coming from and I get also your side of, you know, exploitation for uh, I work for you, you're not paying me, you work for your sister. Nah, wait. Pay you. Okay. Let me give you let me give you why my uncle was still wrong. <laughs> my uncle yeah. I was doing housework in the house. It's not like I'm just chilling, sitting down and doing all the business side of things. The business side of things was considered part of the housework. I got Along it. with every other house chores that I was doing. At the same time, my mom is sending money from America. Ah. To my uncle. 
Gotcha. Got for it. my upkeep. And Marco will say stuff like, oh, do you have a bank account? I'm like, no, I don't know how to open a bank account. You need a, you need a bank account. I'll open one for you at uh, at Union Bank. I said, oh, okay. I'm 15, 14, 15 years old. What do I know about bank accounts? Okay. I trust you. Okay. Mm. By the time I, I, I finally say, Uncle, where's this bank account? Shut up. Why are you asking me a question? That's it. Wow. You never hear where the bank account is to this day. So that's there's stuff like that where someone was sending you money all the time. Got you it. were being given no, money no, for the person's upkeep. I, there I are lots of people like that mm-hmm. around. But we always have an excuse for the for the perpetrators of abuse. A lot of them got yeah. away, and then later on, that same uncle, you know, there are times he was like, not too long ago, was hitting me up like, "Hey, I need four thousand dollars for." I was like, "For what?" And uh, for, for your mom's like, there are stuff which my mom wouldn't take care of her children; she would take care of you first. Mm. And now, you, my friend, go go, go down, 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 hit me up, don't even hit me up. So I'm not, I'm, but. I, I, I just focus on the the seeds that they sowed without even because it was all about just filling their pockets. Yeah. And I'm not even mad at them anymore. It's not like I'm mad at them, but yeah. I'm just like there's so many people who have been through this and then they are now indirectly doing it to other people because yeah. that's all they know. And it's, and they think it's, that's it's normal. become uh, normalized and it's yeah, become so like, it's oh, it's like, part of our culture. It's a cycle. They, yeah, yeah. That's it. it's part of our culture. But it's not, it's yeah. not cultural. No, it's, I agree with you. It's thematic. Because that's what it is. It, it's, it's kind of like domestic violence. The child growing under domestic violence. That's all the child knows. And then you're not, you, you adopt it. You, you, you're indoctrinated into it. Just a little bit on uh, on uh, domestic violence, uh, mm-hmm. since you just touched on it. Is it the same in your country? Because when you married back home, yeah. Yeah. and your husband or your wife is beating you, you there's, let's say the wife goes back to their mother or their parents' home and complain. Is it the same for you guys that you push them away, like go back to your husband's house and, you know, uh, be there and you know, continue to just be beat up or something like that? Is it the same? It, it, it varies to an extent because, you know, we have, we have a lot of ethnic groups. But for the most part, I would say yes. It's done in different ways. Like the language that we use from my experience. Yeah. I'll give you an example. So when I was a kid, I, I knew of one of my aunts who was married to... This this guy that guy was just a nuisance. But I was a, I was too young to even understand the whole details. But even as a child, I knew that I think I was like six. I was five, six. I was six years old. Mm-hmm. First time is the, I, I have the first memory of this guy beating up my aunt, and she lived in a different city. Mm. But I it got to a stage where. He was beating her up, and she started. She used to have miscarriages, oh and that was the first time I knew what miscarriage because of this guy beating her up. Like he, she started having miscarriages. I don't know if it was the beatings that led to having miscarriages, or yeah. if he beat her while she was pregnant and she had a miscarriage, yeah. or 
I don't know what somehow a mixture of both. Yeah. Yeah. But I was a kid and she came she she was but she had, had a few miscarriages and then she came over to um, our house because she was already pregnant and they wanted her away from the guy mm. and then she had a miscarriage and she was freaking out and I ran into the bathroom because I heard her screaming and one of my aunts chased me out of the bathroom like get out well she was like oh it's a, it's a miscarriage it's a miscarriage there's blood there's blood there's blood Mm. Oh, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. That's what she's saying. She mm. just had a miscarriage, but she's more worried about the beating that's going to come. Mm. And that meant they were going to return her back to the monster, which they still did. So, but when did you come to America? I finally got my visa 2007. Yeah, summer of 2007 was when, <coughs> excuse me. They finally approved my visa for the fourth time. And yeah, I guess that's the day I made them laugh. And then they were like, all right, all right, all right, all right. You just give this guy the visa. Let, let, him, <laughs> let him come, let him come. And then I arrived in the States November 1st, 2007. Did not ah. listen to my mom when she had told me, make sure you, you wear winter coats. Uh, you know, I said, well, I didn't realize that America was its own country from the rest of the world. You know, I looked at weather forecast on CNN International. It said Lagos, 32 degrees. Uh, Fairfax, Virginia, 32 degrees. That's, uh-huh. It's the same now. Well, I'm sweating here in Lagos. Why, why, why I need winter winter coat? So, I said, guy, man, I put on, I put on this, this most stylish sweater that I had. I said, you know, ladies gotta know I'm coming. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't even put on a thick, thick sweater. I put on a just slim sweater. Put on nice... Skinny jeans, man. My bad. good thing my mom. Uh, yeah, my mom will fight a lot now, but uh, she, she had a radar on that day, she just knew so she had a huge winter coat waiting for me. When I oh, mothers, and, they know all that. Children, okay? when, when I came out of the, 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 the whole custom thing, and I was like, who, 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 who gonna wear this? What are gonna wear this old people jacket? What, what do you mean? Can't let the ladies know that there's a fresh meat in town. You know, yeah, gotta let them know. Gotta let them know, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm available, fresh and available, no baggage. Oh my and god! I walk out the building. The first wind blows. I say, "Hey, what is this? Hey, I'm here, Next plane back to Lagos. Take me, take me. <laughs> you, you, you won't be lying like this. You tell me that this wind. What is this? Hey, it's too cold. Oh no, 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 no. I want to stay again. Yeah, I want to stay in this America. What? I'm upset. Look at this one. You, you, you never have health insurance. You have to come and fall sick. Yeah. Put on the jacket. I said, give me that. Give me two jackets. Not even one. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. No. So that was your shock from was, the beginning. I was like, what is this? There's no even. It wasn't even real. Winter didn't even started. <laughs> wow. Yeah. November. I mean, it's it's just to get more it was, colder. It was just. Nice. Yeah. The sun was out there. It was just windy that day, but I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. So you arrived November 1st. Walk us through how you got into military. You are a vet. Thank you for your services. Well, normally I, I, I would dodge when people say, I always dodge when people say, thank you for your services, because I'm like, I'm, how much are you trying to me with today? Thank you. Because... <laughs> A lot of people just be doing thank you for your services. They don't, they don't. Like, pay me first. 
Well, he did donate. Well, my, no, my dad not time. Yeah, I yeah, know, right? <laughs> he did donate on uh, my website. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I arrived and uh, they did the, the two weeks of uh, "You're welcome." You know, my my elder brother, he was born here. He was brought back to Nigeria when he was age four, so he had uh, he grew up there and then moved back when he was twenties. So I hadn't seen him for almost 10, 15 years mm-hmm. by the time I will arrive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was a reunion with my brother and my mom. And then it was like, after two weeks, all right, um, the, the welcome party is over. All right, hustling begins. I said, huh? Hustle what? What do you want to do? Mm. Go to school? Get a job? I said, okay. Um, I, well, I will get a job. Um, uh, how do I get a job? Uh, we don't, we don't, we go get a job now. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just like uh, okay. I was like, I, I don't know. Everything is different here. Yeah? It's like yeah. Ah, in Fairfax, Virginia. It's not like New Brooklyn, New York, where you can just walking around. Like, yeah. You know? so everything is just you know. It's, it's not like nobody was like doing. I'm ready to hold your hand. I'll be walking. I needed somebody to hold my hand. Nobody wanted to hold my hand, and they're like, oh well, you know, nursing. You know, all these aunties. Every auntie here was in nursing. Mm. And, no, um, that was like the only option they gave me was nursing. I did not f- feel comfortable going to nursing, and it wasn't like they explained that there were different types of nursing. It was just like nursing. Everybody's like, "Oh, this one bought house from nursing. This one bought house from nursing." Everybody, and all my Ghanaian and, and, and Nigerian aunties were in nursing. Yeah, why not a nurse? Go, go, just start nursing. No, I don't want to do nursing. I don't think I feel comfortable working in the hospital. So, okay, you want to be picky. Right, then go go work at McDonald's. And they've always, you know, they've always been looking down. People who work at McDonald's, mm. Walmart. So, you know, I, you know I mean, I'm a dude. I just came from Nigeria. You think you know everything. You, you, you already started looking down on people too. So yeah. I'm like, hell no. Well, I go work at those places. Hell no. And I've seen my cousins who were born here or my cousins who have been here much longer than myself. Mm-hmm. They're already in school. They had something going on. Then I'm like, I'm the one who's going to be in McDonald's. Oh no, inferiority complex already kicking in. So no, I don't want to do that. And instead of me even asking those cousins, you want to, you you just all over the place. And they're all right. Go to school then. So to go to school, I'm struggling to go to. Uh, after, okay, I'll go to school. Now, in Nigeria, every state has, most states have at least one federal university, one state university, mm-hmm. or, or one state polytechnic, but at least two institutions of higher learning. I was expecting the same in America with that mindset. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you type, you know, hit Google, type universities near me. Just like, ah, how many universities? Yeah. What? So, which one is the university? University, university, university. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm like, whoa! There's so many universities. I don't even know which one to go to. Where do I even begin? Wow! But looking back now, I'm like, man, all I should have just said is, I don't know. I don't know where to begin. Yeah. Well, you know, you try to be like, I know everything, I got it, and this or that. Mm-hmm. But after a few days, you know, it's always like 
somebody will always come up and be like, hey, have you made up your mind? Make up your mind now. It's like you're on a timetable, you see you're freaking out. And I guess my mom had been speaking to my distant cousin <coughs> who had been in the Navy. Mm-hmm. So he had hit me up and uh, to welcome me. Mm-hmm. And he had said, hey, we should talk. And I said, ah, okay, we'll talk. I don't know. So with all the stuff that kept coming my way, they kept thrumming, nursing, 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 nursing. I was like, you know what? I just, I have to figure it out on my own and I'll figure it out on my own. I'll go join the army because I don't know how to swim, even though I'm from a riverine tribe. Yeah, I don't know how to swim since I did not grow up in the villages. So, yeah, I'm just go join the army because army don't do swimming anyway. It, it, I don't think army does needs to know how to swim. So, I was going to join army. So, I announced. I figured it out. I'm joining the army. And my mom's like, hey, this boy want to kill me. You, you know, it was, you just said army that uh, you're from Nigeria. They just go hey, straight to Iraq. Hey. They just they just look at you. Oh, from Nigeria, yeah. straight to Iraq. So yeah, that, that's, that's just a stereotype. Mm-hmm. They, they would they wouldn't have. They probably wouldn't have sent me. Or they, there's there's systems in place. I'm the last kid of my family, so there's a whole different thing in play there. there there's something in play there, but there's uh, yeah. They, what oh, are you straight from Nigeria? Why would they just? It, it doesn't work like that. That like because you're from Nigeria, they just gonna send you straight to yeah. Iraq. <laughs> My mom was, uh, she cried. And so before I knew it, my, my distant cousin called, the one who used to be in the Navy. And he's like, hey, man, uh, why, why, why you give your mom a hard time? I said, what? He said, why, why did you join the Navy? I said, Navy, I don't know how to swim. So they'll teach you how to swim. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, oh, okay, that changes things. But well, what will I do? So, you know, what do you like to do? I don't know what I like to do. That's a tough question to answer because mm. what I like to do, I don't know. I've never really known what I like to do. So he's like, uh, okay, I think supply will be good for you. I said, what is supply? Well, you just be carrying boxes. He, oh, could wow. have, he could have explained a lot, but that's what he said. You'll be carrying boxes. I said, just carrying boxes? Oh, okay, I, can, I, I think I can do that. Okay. I can be carrying boxes. Yeah. <coughs> he didn't explain stuff like how. Um, evaluations work. How you been getting promotions? How, the politics of it. No, we just said you be carrying boxes. The teacher had to swim, and yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah. easy peasy. So how do I join? Oh, uh, go on the computer. Uh, call, call the recruiting station. You see the U.S. Navy. You see recruiting number. So I do that. I call the recruiting station. They're like, do you have transportation to come to the office? I said, no, I don't have. All right, we'll come pick you up. Give us your address. So they come pick oh. me up. They come pick me up. Uh, they're like, yeah, you, you sound good. You, you, you sound like you can speak English. So, yeah, um, I don't think we'll have to worry about that, but we'll still have to test you because uh, we, we have to test most recruits who weren't born in America on mm. their English and mathematics. So I said, okay. So I was like, man, I'm, I don't really like being tested on mathematics, but... Uh, let's do that. I hope I can pass. Yeah. So they put me in a room. They tested me. I uh, came out. So I was like, oh, I was closing my eyes. Like, I'm afraid. And the chief petty officer looks and it's like, wow, you're much better than all the kids we've been getting here. Well, I wish we have more people like you. It makes life easy for us. 
So they finally get me, they will start getting me prepared. Um, you have to start doing some exercising, you know, just, and I was taking it seriously, but it wasn't like serious drills, but just to get your mind prepared yeah. for, you know, what it's, it's just to, you know, get your mind into the, um, just to, you know, get your mind, mindset prepared. And, uh, depending on which job you pick, some jobs means that, uh, you could literally live within a month or two, you know. Um, well, depending on where, no, no, I'm wrong, I'm wrong about that. Um, because based on your paperwork, you have to go to the health screening. It's when you go for the health screening that uh, they confirm your job, and then that's when the moment they confirm your job, it depends on the opening that they have. If the opening that they have for your job. It's like right away, you might leave right away. If it's six months, then it might take six months for you to head to boot camp. Or we'll call boot camp is basic training. Uh, Where is the uh, boot camp? For Navy, our basic training is at uh, Great Lakes, Illinois. Ah, got it. Yeah, each branch is at a different place. Uh, I think Air Force is, um, I've got my Air Force. Air Force is, I think, in California, if I'm not mistaken. Marines is in North Carolina or Georgia. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's in North Carolina, I think, despite being in Georgia. So I mix both of them. So I had to wait for a few months. They were trying to give me a job that would have maybe leave right away. I was like, nah, I can wait. But that job, would, if I had taken the one that would have taken me out right away, I would have hated my life even more. Because uh-huh. that, that was a job. That was a, like, what we call a boy boy job. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, man, I've suffered enough in Nigeria. I'm not coming here to come and paint boats. What the hell wrong with you? You look at me like because I'm black. You want to give me that job? Give me this supply. But before I even got to that, the rec- every recruiter is different. There are recruiters who just want to sign you, and they will they, they will tell you everything you need to hear. Some will do the paperwork for you. Some will some will even make you change your job and. You know, they'll tell man, this is the job for you. Got mine, it. mine was my age mate, and he was like, "Yeah, you're good and everything." But there were certain things he didn't tell me that he should have told me. Mm. So, like, I wasn't even aware that I could get citizenship from joining because I wasn't a citizen. I only had my green card. I, I, I wasn't aware. Uh, he didn't tell me that I was going to take another test again academic test when I got to where uh, we call it what we call it again the maps so it's usually at, your, at the state each state's capital they would mm. drive you the directors would drive you there so they usually take a batch so a bunch of kids joining so mm. they don't have to take one person all the time so, so out of the batch the four of us that they took I was the only person that passed oh wow because they do a background check to your criminal records all that yeah. So all the other kids had some issues. Yeah, I mean, you were new to the country, so you yeah, didn't yeah, I was new, nah, commit so, anything. Nah, 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 nah. No. Commit no crime. <laughs> and luckily, my Nigerian, my Nigerian days, didn't exactly. included. So, you know. But when I, I arrived there, it's like they just walked me to a room and they said, go look, go to the computer. Don't look, ask anybody any questions. Face your computer. When you're done, raise your hand up. I said, what kind of medical test is that? Uh-huh. The guy said, "We're uh, doing the ASVAB." I said, "What is an ASVAB? You got, you're doing something with my butt or what?" Oh my God! 
Now looking back, that guy must have been like, where are these Africans? What kind of Africans? They always telling me, this kind of Africans, you know? And it's like, you're doing the ASVAB, you're taking a test. I said, test? <laughs> okay. So I go and I sit down, facing the computer, it says, answer 50 questions, mathematics, another 50 questions, English, um, 50 questions. It's kind of like, I forgot what it's called, but it's kind of engineering. Yeah. And then another, the fourth one is kind of, this deals with shapes. I forgot what it's called. So is but this an assessment that they give you to see what category they have to place you? Like what type it, of job? Uh, it's, yes, yeah, an assessment, but you've already picked your job. Uh-huh. But so everybody if, goes through it. Everybody goes through it. All branches. We take the same test. Gotcha. But I think if um, you, you, you can use that as a negotiating chip in case... Even though you picked your job before coming in, because you, you, by the time, so like when I, I, I will now meet the person who does the job, confirms your job. Yeah. They look at your score. Mm. So that's where the negotiating chip, you use that, that your score comes in handy, like when you want to negotiate. But your recruiter, didn't, if your recruiter didn't tell you anything, you don't know. But I'll tell you why, where, if I'd known, where I could have used it. Now I take the test, but I haven't got to the when I got to the last chapter, I was tired. Mm. And I was like, man, I'm not even doing that last one. I, I just looked at it, I was like, man, shapes, it's like out of these five shapes, five circles, which one is the biggest circle? I was like, oh, I did the first one, second one, man, I'm not even doing this anymore. So I just said, I just assume I failed. And then the next morning, because the person in the hotel, yeah, the next morning, I'm sitting down, just angry. And there were a whole bunch of kids are just crying around me. Oh man, I paid for tutoring. This is the third time I've taken this. I was like, wait, you took a test more than once? <laughs> oh, snap. I didn't even know. I wasn't even aware that we were taking tests today, uh, yesterday. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, man. My recruiter told me, oh man, oh, I prepared. You go to the library, you get a book. I was like, there's a book to prepare? <laughs> oh man, I was like, I'm getting angry. And this guy I'm like, oh man, I was like, wait, so what did you get? Oh, I've only got 20. 20 out of over 100. I was like, God. Oh, wow. That's this 100 questions. Prepared for the test and got only 20. This one's like, oh, I only got 19. 19. Ah, oh, man, there's no point in me. I was like, I don't even want. But I was like, I was just quiet. So all of them were like, just feeling, 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 feeling. So now I'm, I'm just quiet. Then it's like, all of a sudden, it's like all of them just paused at the moment and turned. Hey, man, you never said anything about yours. What did you score? Ah, nah, don't worry, I feel. Don't worry. They're like, oh, no, 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 we, we, we just, you know, it's like, we're all in misery. Let's all be, be in misery together. Yeah. Uh, I was like, loves company. I, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's all good, I feel. You know, I already assumed that I feel. And so one kid was behind me, I didn't realize it. And he just pulled my card that was on, on me, my personal, personal card. And he, he said, man, you got 69. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh. Who's your tutor, man? You what textbook did you use? What book you he's asking me all these questions? I'm like, I scored 69 and I avoided the whole chapter. Ah, maybe I shouldn't have. Now I'm thinking, oh god dang, maybe I should have ah, maybe I shouldn't have avoided that chapter, man. Well maybe I should have gone down or I shouldn't have given up that soon. Ah, I'm like for Let me see. Wait, wait, where do you see the result? Even because I didn't even bother looking at looking at my card or anything. Wait, yeah. let me let me just confirm. 69. And they're like, what job are you doing? I said, I'm supply. They're like, supply? 
Why you got six nine? You can be I, you can be an IT, you know. I say IT. Oh, you want, you can be an OS. OS. What are, what are those jobs? Oh, yeah. you can be a crypto. They just naming jobs. They were telling me that I could negotiate. Mm. I didn't know all that. So now when I go sit there in front of the person, there's the person now trying to switch my job from supply to a job that I didn't even want. I didn't. I wasn't interested in because I just realized. It. But. I tried once. I was just like, oh, what about OS? So like, oh, you're not a citizen yet. Only a citizen can get that job. I said, okay. The first time I just, the first, I just said, okay. Let <laughs> I didn't go. try again. But yeah. I could have still negotiated. I still got something. Which is where information comes in handy. Yeah. And if you have been prepared, you know. Because later on, when I'll join, after I've joined the Navy, I'll now meet people who will negotiate, who are negotiated and got something and then moved from supply into other things or didn't go with supply, switch their jobs to other fields. And I'm not saying I hate the supply. I love it. But you 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 you, you could get other things. You don't have to just stick to there are other there are options. There are always options. Got it. So it comes there's it, it helps to know because you know many of us we don't know. We just yeah. don't know. But I was just there like a deer with the lights like oh, oh, oh. yeah. So, you don't have a clue and you're just there and then years later that's when it starts to dawn on you like oh so that's why those kids were like oh man you got 69 that's high that's really high and I was like wow so for the branches and uh, your scores also matters for the branches because you can also switch from a branch to another branch like after you do your four years you can switch to another branch but how long were you in military? my four years I did my four years of active duty then did four years of inactive I could have, you know, it's a contract. I signed a four years active duty contract, Got it. which is means eight years, because your eight years inactive means if World War Three had happened, yeah, you'd have to. Uh, then they, they could have easily called me back. But I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the part of the citizenship. Once you get into the military, you can actually become a citizen through that. Um, do you mind just educating um, our audiences, like what's the process now that you know the information? Yeah, it's still it's still an option. It's, it's an option. It's up to you. Got it. So I know people like one of my boy. Uh, I need to find him. See if he can. I can get him on the podcast. He was from the Dominican Republic. He mm-hmm. he, he, had, he had done six years when I met him in Navy. Got it. He, he had done six years in Navy. He never became a citizen mm. because he said he didn't want any secret clearance. Because once you become a citizen, you qualify for clearances. He didn't want any responsibility of having clearances and all that stuff. But which what does that mean? Clearances added responsibility. So you, you've seen in the movie for your eyes only. Mm. Well, when they you see, you see some action movies where they say for your eyes only when they have a, like an envelope. Oh yes, 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 yes. That means that person has a clearance level. Got it. To okay. open that envelope. If you don't have a clearance level to open the envelope and you open the envelope, it's straight to prison. There's, there, that's, there's a system in place. There's a hierarchy. So there's stuff that I couldn't even touch. So like later on with my job, that's why I was wondering when my cousin told me that it was just boxes. It was more than boxes. Being what we call supply in other branches is you only have one um, aspect of it that you do. Navy is general. So what we call supply in Navy, you're doing transportation, you're handling logistics of finances. You're handling uh, mail. You're handling the finances includes procurement, purchasing, negotiations. Am I forgetting any other thing? Hazardous materials. 
weaponries. Yeah, so logistics, you have to know how many, what's in stock, what, what, what needs to be replenished, all that stuff. So I, I did not handle weaponry. Well, I, I was more all, on the, all the inventory and... Yeah, uh, inventory. Yeah. I was on the aviation side. So from oh, got it. anything of jet engines, I carried jet yeah. engines. I was driving forklifts. I did delivery. I did um, ordering of... I ordered a whole bunch of replacement of parts and all that. Then when I was in the Middle East, I was uniforms. I bought and replaced uniforms for whole command, chemicals, inspection and firefighting. I did a whole bunch of things. I'm just curious. Yeah. You guys wear uniform every single day. How many do they give you on the spot? Oh, we, we. Like how many? In boot camp, that's where uh, you get. But when I came in at boot camp, who? It changed because by the time I will after I left I left boot camp, the uniforms that I came in to the navy with, like one year later that we changed from from that uniform to the blue camis, mm. then I will move to Bahrain and then ch- change to brown camis, desert camis, and then change from desert camis to the green camis. So the only uniforms that was issued was the blue utilities which are obsolete which became obsolete as soon as we switched to blue camis because you had to go buy it yourself you were giving a uniform allowance but everyone coming to boot uh, boot camp when the blue camis were released they got issued the blue camis and then when the blue cam- the green camis were released that everyone coming to boot camp were issued green camis so I don't know what uh I don't know how many is being issued right now because they've changed uniforms how many times <laughs> since, mm. since I joined. Because right. with utilities, utilities, let me see if I still remember. Utilities were four utility sheds. The, the pants to go with it were four. The service uniforms were four. Was it four? Yeah. The dress uniforms were two. Two each for the whites. The blues were two each. I don't know if they changed the pants. The pants for the dress blues. Oh my goodness. For the men. The, mm. the, the front had 10 buttons. Oh, you didn't want to wear that one if you had a bad stomach and uh, on uh, inspection day. Mm-mm. Wow. Mm-mm. But it's sexy though. It's sexy when you wear that. You know, because yeah, you, you look fine. You look, you know, that's, that's why they wins their work. Why you wear those? The, the white... That's why Navy, no, I mean, Navy, uh, Navy men because in scandals everywhere. You know, listen, we, the, women the around men, the world. There's a day I don't know what day that um the Navy men. Oh, when the, when the come fleet, in yeah, New yeah. York. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. They look. Mm. Mm. Uh, when I did my internship uh, at the law firm downtown in New York, here yeah, there was uh, um, the head of HR. She she remembered. <laughs> she mentioned uh, Fleet Day, uh, like more than thirty, more than twenty five years ago. Uh, well, she, they look on her face, and she was like, "Oh, I met some cool sailors." And she was, I was like, mm, "I don't know if you want to keep going with that story. I want, I want to know the rest of the story." But I can tell, I can tell the sailors gave you a good time. <laughs> but uh, I just. Now let's finish the interview, and I think I, I think I, I got I got the job. I, I think I got it. Yeah, I, I can tell I got it. I passed this interview already. <laughs> she was so, she was as like she confirmed I was Navy. She was like, oh, I had a great time. I had 
Navy Fleet, when they have Navy Fleet, I love Navy Fleet every time Navy Sailors come to town. It reminds me of 25 years ago. I was like, oh boy. Uh, yeah, no, Navy no, they, you, listen, when they show up in town in New York, they yeah. look amazing. Everybody wants to say hi. I, I was married for a long time, so I'll just admire and just keep it moving. But now when they come to town, maybe. Hey. <laughs> that, that's why we got many babies around the world, you know. That's <laughs> oh no, oh no, then no, then no. Uh, I'll stay very far from that. Then uh, I'll stay very far from that. How uh, can um, everybody find you? Uh, you have your own podcast called White Label American. It's amazing. The, your conversations with your guests are super inspirational. Thank you. Very educational. I encourage all of you guys listening to us. Please show some love to my brother, Raphael. While you are listening to Concrete Pastures, check out White Label American. White Label American. Yes. yes. And we, we have you coming up soon. Nancy is uh, one of our guests, one of our future guests. So, uh, yeah, I think early next month, you, your episode will be dropping. Awesome. Yeah, so you can find us on every podcast platform. The easiest way is to go to www.whitelabelamerican.com. And if you want to get more juice, because we have a lot of good exclusive stuff, then you join our Patreon and go on uh, www.patreon.com slash whitelabelamerican.com no sorry uh, slash whitelabelamerican or you just go on patreon.com and search for whitelabelamerican you'll find us there and uh, we're on Twitter we're on well, Facebook we're on Instagram those are the three social media platforms that I use mm. I'm also on Clubhouse but I don't talk a lot I'm only in cultural rooms or net rooms, but a lot of net rooms are toxic nowadays. There's a Chinese room that I do on Fridays under the house of Athena. It's a very good cultural room where they talk about a Chinese idiom and people from different parts of the world mm. try to interpret it. So I like that room. So I try to attend once in a while. Um, those are the places you can find White Label Americans, all about bringing down artificial walls, using stories from mostly immigrants, and we're not limited to only immigrants. And that's all I'm about. And that's what I try to do. Join me. Nice, nice, nice. You, sir, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Thank you for having me. I am grateful for all your support behind the scenes, the advice, and uh, just the support that you continue to give me. I'm truly, truly grateful. Another of my mottos is, if you win, I win. I believe in that and I, I believe I, I just love seeing us win and we're also both members of the Black Podcast Association yeah, yeah. so I'll love, put good stuff in the show notes um, how they so, can yeah. find you and what we are involved in I'll, I'll have everything there for, for us I, I am so grateful I've enjoyed this conversation it's been ah. thank you I enjoyed it too Thank you again for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours. Share it with your family and friends. Tag me on your social media. I have Facebook. I have Instagram, whichever one that you use. I would also love to hear from you. Leave me a review. And if there's a topic you have in mind that you'd love for me to cover, let me know as well. Look out for new episodes every week on Mondays. 
And I truly appreciate you being part of the community and supporting the community. Until next time, keep dreaming.